Canadians and Sandies pacification and placements are active and tracking at this station. Welcome to the Orbital Sword. Please follow me to the reading room. Three, two, one, ignition. Welcome aboard the Orbital Sword. I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And on this episode, we're reviewing Eldest by Christopher Paolini? Paoli? I can never say his last name. Christopher Paolini. 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 Oh, David, oh. Paolini. Yeah, so uh, we're reviewing. It's the second book in the. You don't watch it. Jim's going to take his loot and bust it over your head. Just saying. You go ballistic. You're mispronouncing Polini. What's the second episode? But Yeah. Uh, this is the Germans. second book in the Inheritance <laughs> series. Yep. Which started with Aragon. And uh, it's red. I, and you laughed at me earlier because I, I, I was like, the book is red. And you're like, oh, that helps a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a red book. <laughs> but uh, the colors mean stuff to me. I read the um, red book. Yeah. The red, the red book. That's right. That's right. Um, so, the story continues uh, almost immediately after how Aragon ended, which was uh, they had just won a battle, but some people had died, and uh, Aragon had killed a shade, but he was wounded. And Durza, the Durza, shade Durza. Yeah. So Aragon, we have Aragon healing and, and getting over his his wound. Uh, a big thing of this book is Roran, Aragorn's yep. cousin, yep. and kind of what happens to the people Aragorn has left behind. Older, Roran is older than Aragorn. Yeah, yeah so not, no. but not by much, I don't think. Yeah, it's like only bit. two, yeah. three years yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, um, Aragorn's stepfather, or not stepfather, adopted his uncle, Roran's father, had died in the first book, so... A lot of uh, issues with Roran dealing what he thinks about Aragon and uh, running from the the wrath of people after Aragon and that kind of stuff. How the, the whole town has to deal with it. Um, other stories we have: Aragon goes to learn about his uh, about his powers and how to be a better rider, and uh, some surprises along the way. So, right, that's a brief summary. We're going to get into it. Yes, we are. We're so, going to get into it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, what so what do we start? I mean, what do we, I mean? There's so much to talk about in this book. I mean, I think I mean. So let's start. Yeah, general like. Can, can I? Can I just? Yeah. I, I you know I thought that. Drop it down. Let's start with the title, eldest. Eldest. Eldest was such an appropriate title for me for this book because it's it's there it's significant on multiple levels because mm-hmm. okay I asked you whether Warren was older because in one way he is the elder right uh, in the family and you know takes his father's death and aragon's blame in that death very very personally right um erwin the uh the elf girl uh, is an elder to to uh to aragon in a yeah. lot of ways she's in her uh, 70s right yeah she's a like hundred i think she's a hundred okay yeah she's a hundred uh and um over 100 years old i think is what they said at one point so we have that elder. Um, we have a Murtaugh, who is the elder brother to Aragon, right. right? We find discover that's like the big reveal at the end is that he is actually 
the son of a, uh, I was going to say Dementor, but I was in the wrong genre there. <laughs> but, you know, so there's a lot of ways that this, eld- this idea of being eldest comes up, including the fact he says, I'm the elder son, you give me the sword. You know, that, yeah. that, that sort of thing happening at the end. But, um, but not only that, you've got the elder dragon. Yes, yet the elder. Yes, the thank elder you, elder. the elder and the elder rider. Mm-hmm. That you know all these things. So I love the multiple layer that the title, for me, works of yeah. of this of, of this of, of the of this idea of eldest. That there's that this is really the story of Aragon and Sephira learning, in mm-hmm. learning on multiple levels throughout the entire book. Right, you know, and uh, learning without their wise sage, you get some new sages in there. But you know, they they're learning they're learning you know what it means to be a dragon rider, the sacrifices, the fact that although he has these newfound powers, etc., there are Murtok and 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 his dragon Thorn are you know much are much stronger than him at yeah. least at the end of this novel. Yeah, and um. There's a lot more world building in this novel too. Yes, I mean we get the races deep di- dive into like their existence, and we get a little bit more of the history of the dwarves, a little bit more of the history of the el- obviously right. a lot of the history of the elves. Yeah, and uh, even we, humans to a certain degree. Yeah, to a certain degree. Yeah. So. Yeah, but uh, I, it sounds like you enjoyed the book. Yeah, I mean, it, I. So to put it mildly, I finished Eldest, and I said, and I, so I finished it last week, and I said, you know, I don't care what the vote is. I began reading Inheritance. Right? Oh yeah, well, Brissinger. Yeah, Br- well, Brissinger. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, not not Inheritance yet. Vote for Inheritance next week. I'm trying to skew the vote here, uh, <laughs> but no. Um, but Brissinger, I, I rolled right into Brissinger. Yeah, and um, and uh, you know, it was because I enjoyed the book. So I said, well, no matter what the vote is the outcome on it, I'm going to be reading this book. Because I'm not going to... You're going to put me two books into a four-book series. I'm not going to like... Oh, sorry. I, I'm not gonna, I, I enjoyed the book immensely. Um, I, yeah. Interesting. I, I'm going to comment on that. But I want to hear what Jim thinks, too. All right. Uh, before we move on, you can actually probably... Away and down. You're popping a little bit. Am I popping? Yeah. I'm popping. Yeah. There you go. You can see your face more, too. Okay, Jim. Okay. Oh, well, let's see. I read this book. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would because David said something on Facebook a little while back. I can't remember what it was before I opened it, and it made it sound like it was going to be boring. (laughs) And... So I immediately started dreading this. I mean, the guy that picked it is warning <laughs> that it's going to be slow. So that that was uh that was kind of sent up a red flag. And I know, well, I got to read it, so I started reading it and I really got into it and it's like three different stories that are coming from three different directions that all come together at the end. Um, I think, uh, my favorite part of the book, though, was Rorin's story. 
I really enjoyed reading that a lot. Yeah, you know him. Uh, him coming to grips with him being a leader and how that transformed, and the, uh, you know, and how the the whole you know, he's kind of this timid guy and he's striving to protect the the village, and then then Sloane and Katrina are kidnapped, right, um, by the Razak, and you just and, and suddenly there's this new guy that's unleashed and unleashed in such a I think the village at that point really knows that there's no way they can stay in Carvajal so they're like okay and, and the best chance Roran they put their faith in Roran and and follow him like not without complaint not without uh, intimidation but they follow him like over the spine through the different cities on a barge and and you know into battle with the with the with the um the uh, was it Valeran? Uh, yeah, um, oh, I had the wrong wrong, uh, word, wrong word, but uh, yeah, right, the, that, the V people, yeah, the V people. I can't remember right now. Yeah, the uh, Jim. Do you know the Varden? The, the Varden. Thank the you, the Varden. I can remember Varden. <laughs> but you know, see, so you have all this stuff, and I agree, Jim. I mean, Roran was one of these people that was was really cool to see him develop, and yeah, and watching him in Aragon meat was incredible mm-hmm. there at the end so he could have oh, go ahead, Jim. he could have very easily Roran could have just stayed where he was getting trained and and just said to heck with this I got mm-hmm. nothing to go home to right why do I why do I need to go back there but he did come back um he didn't give up and he was uh, he he was really incredible, but he had this power thrust upon him uh, simply because he tried to rally everybody. He didn't intend to become a leader. Oh no! That that wasn't that wasn't his purpose. Uh, I think he was looking for looking for Horst to be the leader, uh, yeah. who would have been probably the strongest person in the town. But he orated so well that everybody said well here's the guy we're gonna follow oh, most yeah. most everybody did yeah i mean there's a few i think that stayed back they said and there's some people that when they got to like the last city before they entered into the battle there were some people that stayed there but for the most part i mean these people followed him right right straight to the battle and uh and um very very cool yeah. and uh uh, love the encounter of was it Jode from the first book? Mm-hmm. You that encounter again when yeah. when he pops in, I'm like, for it took me a while of them sitting there and meeting him, and to him till he reveals that he knew Aragon. Suddenly, suddenly, like all these light bulbs are going on because I'm just not connecting the dots at all. <laughs> like, I'm like, whoa, who's this guy? And in this failed merchant, and um, well, that's another point where you see the wake of Aragon. Oh, yeah. You know, the things that... Well, I mean, they were already strangling him before then, right. business-wise. Um, but you really see the aftermath of it. His wife's funny, though. I love his wife. <laughs> he's just, she's gonna, he's ready to rip him a new one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but she shows up at the very last moment. At the moment. very last minute. She shows up before the boat sails, so... So, I, I want to comment on, on... Well, you liked it and what Jim said. So, the comment that I gave was my go-to comment for this book because um, many, many people don't make it through this book. They can't, they cannot finish 
they just they find it too much exposition, too much world building. It gets boring. The thing is, the, uh, to, to me, the dwarf stuff, it, I find that not very appealing. The the elf stuff, which comes after the dwarf stuff, I find, I just want more and more and more of that kind of that mm. kind of stuff. So, I, and I don't think that most people get that far. And with the comment that he saw was someone saying how they never they didn't want to read any more of the series because they hated this book so much. We know. I think the problem is they obvious these people obviously have not read J.R.R. Tolkien because <laughs> if they yeah. read J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> There's, I mean, world building? Hello. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's an incredible world development. And we're used to Frank Herbert's. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We made it through Dune and the subsequent novels have followed. So, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, Eldest? Seriously? That's tame for us. Right. Right. Oh, if we can, if we can get through some of those Dune books, <laughs> we can get through anything. <laughs> well, is, now... As far as as far as the the story, well, as far as Eldest being boring, I was becoming a little bit bogged down by Aragon's trip to yeah. get to Duvaldenvarden. I'm telling you, yeah, Duvaldenvarden to get his training. Uh, right. That did seem to drag out an awful long time. But it was I was very thankful that the author broke that up right with pictures of, of what was going on with Rorin and pictures of what was going on with uh, Naswada. Yep. If I'm saying that correctly. You are. That's the way they pronounce it so in the I, audio. Oh. So I I think that the way the way that, that he interspersed the three stories as they came together helped a lot. If it was only if it was just a third of the book was Aragon, I don't think I'd have gotten through it either. Mm. Right. You know, and, and and I agree that after we leave the orc city, uh, not the orc, the troll, the, the troll. I can't get this, <laughs> the dwarf city that he's last at, where he, there's that blood feud that I'm sure is going to come into play probably in one of the later books here. But there's that blood feud that kind of happens after that till we get to him meeting the elf queen. We're kind of uh, there is a long period of time mm-hmm. of them traveling up the river. And we come back to him like, oh, well, still traveling up the river. Yeah. Yeah, into the elf forest there. Um, and uh, yeah. so, I, and so I, I do agree that that part was a bit slow. Um, but I, and I also agree that taking us back to the stories of Roran, Naswada and her, uh, her, our encounter with the... Um, the, the person that Aragon blessed slash cursed. Um, and uh, and that's that storyline and pulling us out of the underground city into the getting ready for battle was a really interesting story. So, mm-hmm. so my and, first time... You, go ahead. My, my first no, time... No, no, no. Go, uh, let's fight about it, Jim. Come on. <laughs> rock, paper, Talk, David. Talk. Uh, my my favorite part uh, was um, my favorite part. My my part reading it the first time was I found the roar and stuff kind of boring because all I wanted was more of the Aragon stuff, like the fantasy, and roar and stuff is for the most part pretty uh, 
period piece, I guess, if you, if you want to say. Like, it's, there's not a whole ton of fantasy to it. Because it's, it's, you know, it's supposed to be... But he is the, the hammer. Yeah, he's got the hammer. He is now, the hammer. this time around, and having read the series, like, I enjoyed it way more. Because even reading the, the third and the fourth book, I remember really go- appreciating everything that happens in this book. Because it's not like he gets it out of the way, but he does so much of the world building in this book so that he doesn't have to do it later. And it just like the foundation of the character of Roran, of Naswata, and um, what's her name, the little girl. Like all of that really, it really is built upon and it feels like you've, even though it might have felt a trek to get through the first time around, like it really feels valuable. Elva. Elva. Elva's Yeah, the, the little girl was uh, was uh, Elva. Yep. Yeah. Did so. uh, did you guys did you guys get the same impression I did that this was okay? I I said that Aragon was a lot like New Hope. Okay, and this one had a lot of similarity to Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I I totally buy the comparison because you have a. It's not like I mean there is a battle at the end, but but the <laughs> battle actually leaves more questions uh, hanging out there than actually answers them. You know, right? Mm-hmm. So we find out that Murtak is like, oh, well, look, is the brother of Aragon. What does that mean? And he has a dragon, and now we have a new <laughs> dragon, and Galvatorix now has two dragons, you know, under yeah. his spell. And we find that he's sworn in the original language, therefore he can no longer undo that, at least not that we know yet. Although I have a theory about how he could break that. Um, uh, and Murtaugh. Uh, Murtaugh is Vader. Yeah, yeah so... <laughs> Um, yeah, the Emperor Palpatine is Galvatorix, right? Yeah, um, right. And uh, and Leia is Arya, right? Uh, so the uh, so we we have it, we have we have it here. But that would make that would make Aragon and Arya brother and sister. <laughs> Let's hope not. that's Oramus. a big creepy. That's a bit creepy. Oramus is Obi Wan, or not Obi Wan? Yeah. C three P, more likely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. um. So I agree that this is kind of like the uh, the sophomore uh, novel, the second in the trilogy. But you know, Empire is hailed as being one of the great movies mm-hmm. of that trilogy, and um, I don't know if I would make this like there was something about Aragon and him coming up into the end and in that battle at the end that was very satisfying, and this was satisfying, but in a different way, mm-hmm. like. But it was a definitely a worthwhile continuation of this series. And uh, there, there later... are, oh, go ahead, Jim. There are criticisms out there that these stories are following the Star Wars line too closely. Oh, uh, the, David, the... go ahead. And now I I don't know. I think they're different enough that it may be just coincidental. Yeah. Well, I mean, Star Wars is the hero's journey and exactly. many many things are going to be close yeah, to I mean, it bill moyer right and the, the hero with a thousand faces the journey of the hero yeah. you have you have you have certainly i mean even brahm dying in the first ones very much is obi-wan like uh and it forces him to kind of learn uh, without him but when i'm reading this i'm not i don't feel like i'm getting star wars regurgitated are there similarities? Yes. I don't think mm-hmm. about them till but, later. Yeah. Unless somebody brings it up. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Jim. Jim brought <laughs> it up. 
<laughs> when I find them, though, I, I just kind of smile because yeah. I th- I think it's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I, I don't resent it. Yeah. When you find them, do you do little like air loot strum? A little bit of yeah, def- definitely a little air loot going on. Air loot. <laughs> 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 no no <laughs> from a literary standpoint it it to me this book proves that Aragon wasn't like a one hit fluke of a, of a 15 year old and I, and I agree and here here's what here's what I like about this one this book is not Aragon because in Aragon what we get is Aragon's story only mm-hmm. in this book, he now begins to he, he he he's now weaving multiple plot lines together, mm-hmm. and 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 each one of these plot lines very significant. You get you get you have Rorans, you have Naswadas, and then you have uh, obviously Aragon, which we want to follow, um, and you get their perspectives, their feelings of what's going on, and he uses it as like a continual storyline. Right. You know, it's advancing the storyline. It's not like they're just replaying this, the events in the same timeline every time you go to a different character, time has moved forward. And so I I think this is brilliantly written and certainly not an Aragon piece. And number one, I think because of the plot lines and the way they, he weaves them in together. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not like it's like the best writing in the world, but it's it doesn't feel like a, as young as he was when he wrote it. Yeah. And, it, and, it, it, and it, like I said, it, it shows that the the story and the the brilliance behind Aragon itself wasn't just like a, a this is all that he had to give type, right. type scenario. Right. So, yeah, I don't I, I I don't think the writing was bad at all. It's very clear and it's easy to understand for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that takes me aback, as far as the writing is concerned, is having to constantly stop and try to figure out what words are that are missing <laughs> lots of vowels. Then, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. You know, I'm not familiar with the language enough to be able to make it flow. So right. I'm reading along, and everything's good, and everything's good, and all of a sudden here's some word that's got nothing but consonants in it, and I'm trying <laughs> to figure out what it is, and I have no idea. And so it, it, it kind of uh, interrupts the flow for me a little bit. And, and for me, at least, a story has to flow. Yeah. Well, and I, and I hear that. It's funny because I, I read the audio. I read the audio version of this, right? Mm-hmm. So that didn't stop me up at all. You know, I'm hearing them pronounce it, and it's just part of the other language, the elven language or the old language that controls right. the, mag- the magic. And so I, that's not that's not causing me any sort of hiccup, whatsoever. Um, uh, but I hear what you're saying. If I were to read that, that would be a different thing, mm-hmm. you know. Like uh, Murtag, I I wouldn't have pronounced his name like that had I not heard it in the audio. Oh yeah, I thought it was Murtag, yep. but it's Murtag. Murtag. Uh, yeah. yeah, I get what you're it's saying. Mur- sure. Mur- it's Murtag. Yeah, yeah. Murtag. It doesn't look like that, does it? Yeah, Murtag. No, it looks like Murtaw. And yeah. I would I, I would say that the G H is silent, so yeah. Murtaw is yeah. how Murtag. I would pronounce it. Well the audiobook it's Murtag. Yeah. 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 So okay. How surprised 
buy new dragons were you by what buy new more dragons uh not um well i mean the book uh, cover does the book i mean the, the, yeah. I mean, eldest suggests it my son spoiled it for me yeah. uh, so but if so new dragons did totally surprise me uh, if I would have based my information just on book one on an Aragon, then yeah, I think there would have been a little bit of surprise because I you would think he's the last dragon. Suddenly we find out, whoa, he's not the last dragon. In fact, he's not the last dragon by a mile. There's at least there's two dragons that Galatorix has, right? And what? there's an un there's an unopened dragon egg. There's two unopened dragon eggs. Well, the one has hatched and is. But there Murtops. were there were there were four. I thought there were only three. Am I wrong about that? I thought there were four eggs, and the other three were all male, and that's the the big thing. I thought there were three, and Saphira's was one of those. Well, regardless, there. Well, the thing of it is, is Galbatorix has a dragon also. Right. Right. Well, exactly. we knew we knew Galbatorix had a dragon, but and, right. we and haven't seen and it. His, yet. his was black. And the cover and the cover of the book is a red dragon. Right. Which kind of makes you wonder what's up with that. Uh, but then we get the gold dragon, which is the cover of Brissinger, which is, um, what's his name? The old dragon. Well, actually, you have it reversed. Isn't, isn't uh, Eldos have the gold dragon? Murtox's is red. Yeah. Right. Murtox's dragon is red, but you get a surprise with the gold uh. dragon, which is, uh, what's his name? The elf. Okay. Or, Are you Ormus. talking about Oramus's Orm, dragon? Yeah, Oramus's yeah. dragon is, is gold. And, and Did so I get a surprise that about that? Well, in this book, it was a surprise. I mean, oh, if yeah. you just looked at the cover, you would say, oh, there must be a red dragon in this book. Right. Because the first cover was, was Saphira. True. Second cover is, uh, I forget what his dragon Thorn. is, Thorn. But you don't know it's Thorn, but you're like, oh, there must be a red dragon. But right. then out of nowhere, is this gold dragon. So why is there a gold dragon in the third book cover? Because that's... What's his name? Well, I know, but we don't... Does he play into the third book? I mean, he must. Oh, if yeah, yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't spoil it, David. If, if he's on don't the cover. spoil it. But look at the cover of the fourth book. I haven't yet. Okay. So. It's it's green. It's a green dragon. It's a puff. Saphir's, it's puff. Saphir's mate. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like so that... So we're, we're going through the prime colors now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. the last one's a rainbow color. <laughs> okay, yeah. oh, great. <laughs> so uh, I don't remember what I was getting with that. I, 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 I remember, I, I remember being surprised by I can't remember Gelder or what's the, what's the big dragon? Glader, Glader, yeah, yeah, Glader, Glader, yeah. I, I wound up uh, being real shocked that he exists the first time I read it. I thought that was really cool. I, I, I really enjoyed. Pretty much all the elf elf stuff and the whole like the way it's one of the things that well I guess they, they do kind of explain like he starts to become more and more elf like the longer he's a rider but Brom was never super I can't remember if they revealed later that he had pointed ears and he was hiding them or what but Brom wasn't super but maybe it's because he spent so much time away without a dragon and then the whole uh, thing happens at the ceremony where he basically becomes as elf as possible mm -hmm. and he's kind of discovering his new body powers and stuff i i thought that was pretty yeah cool. and he's completely healed yeah 
And I thought that was a good aspect too. Like he, he wasn't like this infallible creature for most of the book. He struggles as a cripple basically. Oh yeah. The whole time. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, a mental, mm-hmm. like uh, mentally doubting himself as well yeah. in the process. And the, the elves that he's trains with, they're kind of dicks. <laughs> Especially the sword elves. Yeah. Warren's yeah. not. No, no, no. Well, Ormus isn't. Ormus was so cool. I liked the, the conversations, the conversations that he and Aragon had together, were really, really neat. I mean, they talked about logic, they talked about religion, they talked about politics, and yeah. relationships, and all kinds of different things. That that really went into some depth on some of those conversations, and and really were interesting to me anyway yeah yeah no and i i agree and i think you know they're kindred spirits right they're both riders and so you see they're they have that even though he's an elf they both have that connection and, and i i like the the idea of discovering why the elves are uh vegetarians through the training mm. that he gets and the connection that he shares and kind of builds with him yeah yeah i, I thought that was really cool just to yeah. but. Hmm. so maybe we should just we've, we've covered a lot of the things that we enjoyed right right maybe we should just kind of touch on the characters and any specific things we want to bring up yeah well you know I, I i almost want to touch on like characters and scenes because i think there's yeah. so many ways that scenes def- define. define them so yeah. like Sloan, for example, mm-hmm. is a prick from day one. <laughs> yeah, book one in Aragon, the guy's a prick. Not giving, not giving the time, not giving Aragon the time of day, right? Right. And, and in this one, clearly he's still prickish, right? And he, can I say that in the show here? Yeah. All right, right. So I mean, you know he's, um, and 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 then when he is so. He's such a helicopter parent for Katrina. <laughs> and, and so overprotective. And this intimidates Roaring, which, by the way, I love that change because in the end, Roaring is not intimidated by him at all. And obviously, has risen way above Sloan. But, oh, yeah. But the, the fact that Sloan betrays the village, like this is like the ultimate thing because you love your daughter. Mm-hmm. And because he doesn't want to lose his daughter, he's lost his wife, who fell to her death in the spine. You know, this is like the ultimate thing. Like, he betrays, he stabs one of Carvajal's own soldiers, rats him out to the Razak, and then they are both kidnapped. And this kind of starts the journey. For It really, it really pushes Roran out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I that that whole so anyways I like I like that scene I don't like Sloan I hate Sloan and I love what they do with him in the following book which I'm not going to spoil because we're obviously raising but I am um, yeah you're on you're on board well, Sloan, Sloan is Sloan is is definitely overprotective he wants Katrina to marry well or for well let's say wealthy. Uh, Roran has nothing to offer. 
and Katrina wants to marry Roran, and she has to, she feels like she has to wait until she gets permission from her father, which is going to take a heck of a lot of convincing. Right. And Roran finally says, to hell with that, we're going to get married, and I don't give a damn what your dad says. And and at that, at that point, when Katrina said, yes, that's what we're going to do, uh, Sloane lost all of his power, all of his control over her, and, uh, you know, that was it. it. And doesn't know it until they're packing up the kids to, you know, escape up into the mountain. And Katrina's yeah. there packing, and he's like, you're not going to do this. And Roran stands up and tells him. See, I, I, I read it differently, Jim, that she wasn't that she was going to do, or that she felt that she needed his permission as much as she wanted Roran to announce it, go through the procedures to announce that they were getting engaged, however he did it. Either just telling her father or approaching him or whatever, and Warren wasn't going to. And she was basically saying, if you don't if you don't talk to my dad and, and t- either tell him that we're doing it, this or get his permission, then and my dad finds somebody else, I'm gonna marry someone else. Yeah. Because she wanted well, to do it she... she wanted to do it proper, but she wanted to marry she didn't necessarily need permission as much as she just wanted Warren to be the one to stand up and and say we're getting married. Well, and and he did exactly that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, <laughs> this sent uh, sent her father in into orbit. <laughs> I mean, to, just <laughs> to be fair for Sloane, he did that. Roran did not do it in a very good manner. It was very public. It was very public, yeah. and it was very and it did kind of put him on the spot and. Uh, and but retaliate the retaliate the irony and the retaliation is like you're not getting any of your bride's inheritance you're not getting nothing from me it doesn't matter in the end because he loses it all anyways because he's kidnapped yeah but yeah well see and then you know what do you do when you have the Razak uh, outside your camp outside your town and there just isn't time to go through the proper procedures you, you just you have that too. You know, you have that too. And, you know, and everybody knew that those Razak were after Roran specifically mm-hmm. to try to get information on Aragon. Right. So Roran, who knows how long he was going to live. Yeah. Well, you know, and and not only that, so so I hear you, Jim, but I think the other part of it is we do see Roran kind of using that as an excuse. Like, he says, well, I don't, I'll do it later. Like, it's always later. It's always pushed off by him. Right, right. So, you know, and so uh, on one hand, you're right. There's a heck of a lot going on in the town that this is, like, all secondary. But on the other hand, he doesn't really want to confront Sloan. Or he's afraid to confront Sloan. He wants to wait to the right moment. And the right moment's never there. Right. And so the right moment probably was doing it publicly, even though it was totally terrible. The other side of this is I really thought it was great that even though she wanted it, just the, how they emphasized how it wasn't like, a, a ha, not even not necessarily happily ever after, but like a, a, it wasn't positive all around. Like everybody got hurt by the situation. Like, yes. I mean, Roran did something very public and embarrassing. Uh, Sloan got publicly kind of humiliated. 
And then Katrina had to make a very clear uh, like choice between the two. And the struggle was visually difficult for her uh, to, to choose between the two men. And then when she does make the choice, it's not like, Roran, I'm with you, I love you, let's just like, like let's be together right now. Like, she's trembling and she's struggling and the, um, what's his name's wife comes and takes her away. And she, she tells Roran, she's, he's like, is it all right? She's like, no. Horse, but, horse wife. Horse wife, yeah. And she's like, she's like, no, it's not all right, but come by tonight and it will be. Right. And I thought that was a great, like, you know, happy endings aren't always happy. Yeah, and, right and the people of the town mixed reactions from them. Some saying, oh, this is good. The rest are like, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of, uh, it's divided the town. Right, right. So, uh, I mean, we kind of, we went from Sloan to Katrina. Any other Roran thoughts while we're, uh, we're on Roran? Um, well, you know, I love how he, you know, he gains the, ha- the name, what, Strong Hammer, right? Mm-hmm. And you see him begin to enact that, you know, as being his signature weapon is this hammer. Well, I like how the last name thing comes, like, nobody has a last name in the, in the, in this world unless they earn it somewhere like Aragon Shadeslayer right uh, Roar and Stronghammer I, right. I think that's like a really cool yeah it is a tribute to to the characters or you know Roar and which, Goblin, right? which yeah. brings up another point it's kind of hard to keep track of the players in this book without a scorecard <laughs> because they got so many gosh darn names uh, they that's do true. they that's do true. indeed <laughs> yeah I uh, one of the, the scenes I, I, I like about Roran is that you know he He's he's hardened and he'll do what he needs to do. He's a good man, yet at the same time, like he openly admits that he has to do wrong. Like for instance, with the boats. Oh yeah. Like he's like, oh, we're gonna have to hire this guy, and they're like, well, we can't pay him. And he's like, well, when we get to the end, we're just gonna have to. We're gonna have to stiff him. We're gonna have to stiff him. We're gonna have to break his boats, and because he can't have him report, like we don't oh, yeah. want to kill him. If he doesn't have yeah. to, but yep. you know, basically they land and then they break the the what they break the rudders on the boats and uh, yeah and and that reminds me of the best line for me in this entire book. Go ahead. Was the cobbler when they said we're going to be traveling by barge and he goes barges barges we don't need no stinking barges. <laughs> 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 we don't know stinking barges. <laughs> you should get that on a t-shirt, Jim. Oh my gosh, I should. <laughs> you should. <laughs> and only people that will have made it through Eldest will understand. <laughs> and maybe not <laughs> uh, But I think the other, you know, we, so we picked on like Sloan kind of as the catalyst. But I think the other, the, the other one that really highlights Rory is the conversations. And the revelations that Jode gives. Jode, mm-hmm. I mean, there's such a insight that Jode, um, you know, you know, he totally rocks his world about his adopted brother, and and but gets him on board, and then helps him steal like the ultimate ship out of the town. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like you know they are true pirates. Yeah. And, and I just, I mean, Jode is nothing for him anyway. Except for his wife. I'll bet you him. I'll bet you him and Brom were hell on wheels. <laughs> oh my word! Those two. 
feeding off each other. <laughs> no. Um, we do find they've never really been in a war, but man, those two together. Yeah. <laughs> they he should write a prequel that focuses on just those two. <laughs> so, Kalini, get on it. Right. I like how, not through Roran, but through Aragon, Roran's like focuses the Razak, the Razak, the Razak, but through Aragon, we kind of learn more about the Razak and like they're, they're beetle-like, crow-like, and then they, they molt into a giant, into the giant creatures. Right. And you find out the things they've been riding around are their parents. Right. And like the, like, because they become more, they, they go from human-like because they hunt humans to beast-like. Right. Become less. I don't want to say less intelligent, but they become the the servants of their children. Yeah. I thought that. I mean, that's like a really cool mytho- mythological creature to. And I to also create. like the uh, what's the creature to start with the 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 you the um oh, the, the like lesser the, dragons yeah yeah the uh, I forget the, or, the name oh the orc the orc yeah so I I like how especially when Aragons with the elves you find out that these are not bad or good creatures. They're just creatures. They're just creatures, um, and they have been dealt a bad hand, Mm -hmm. Um, which is why then in the next book we find out how that plays in, and maybe even this book a little bit. Well, I mean, they join the fight in this book. You you learn that they're they're more savage, and I mean, I wouldn't say stupid, but less intelligent than than humans, right? Cognitively wise. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's another great way that they 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 do that, and and um, both with the lesser dragons and the Razak, they both have that thing to paralyze their their prey. Right. So that's why when humans, you know, they they're like, I can't move, and it's you know something that they've it's like a sound wave they send out or whatever. Right. So. But they're not magic users. No. Not magic no. users. Um, so what else? What else do you want to talk about here? Uh, scenes? We haven't talked about Naswana. Uh, Jim? Well, okay. You, yeah, let's go that direction. I, I did want to talk about the significant deaths that take place here. But okay, Naswana would be a good place to go. Well, I mean, lead with the deaths. We can we can do that first, sure. Yeah, let's, do the, let's do the deaths and then Naswana. Yeah. So go, take us into the Okay, I, I'll tell you what. Rothgar, I thought, was really cool. And it was sad to see him go down. Dude, it, 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 it happened so quickly. Mm. Yeah. You know? Ajihad, I miss him. Yes. Um, okay. He was cool. But, uh, yeah, those were two huge ones that, that in this book that, you know... Uh, it made me very sad. Yeah. Especially the way Hrothgar was looking forward to having having his place put back the way it was supposed to be, mm-hmm. and Safira promised that she would repair that giant opal and put yeah. it back exactly the way it was for him and everything. Uh, and he sent everybody to gather up all the pieces to make sure that it was all whole. Right. And then he's gone. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and it, that that one, that death especially happened so quickly. Well, I mean, that one is an example of Murtaugh being so superior to Aragon. But also, 
he also, you know, he Murtok acts, and mm-hmm. it's a slam against Aragon. Without it being, mm-hmm. you know, without it being Aragon, um, but I, I was like shocked when that happened. Well, it, he's, it's. I, I mean, I know it's something that they, you may be learning about now, but like, it's Murtag has had a dragon way less than Aragon has, yet he has dragon is almost as big as Saphira, Thorns almost as big as, and they're. They have these tech magic techniques that like Aragon hadn't even touched on, right? Like the whole shooting a beam out of his hand and just like being able to to hold both Saphir and Aragon it's like down. Like Iron Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like just like Iron Man, but it's it you know these t- it's not stuff that Aragon can't do, but he just hasn't learned. Right. And you get this the like the a look at the difference in training that has gone on. Or whatever Galbatorix did to, to quicken things up, and then well, and and I have a theory about that. I mean, you probably know more because you read all the books. But my theory is that the elves have taken a more rounded approach to Aragon's training. That have that they've established the importance of understanding his connection to nature and magic and the world. And I bet the Galbatorix did not do that. Yeah, I think when it, well, if, I think you're talking about a matter of philo- of uh, philosophy here. True. The and and it's it's one of the themes in the book that the elves, Oremus, uh feels that knowledge and understanding are important when one wants to help people. So the training that Aragon got was slow and plodding. And um, designed to train him to think, and as they said in the book, to think logically. Whereas, as far as Murtag was concerned, and Galbatorix, uh, Murtag is a tool. And his right, job so. is to go out there and kill as many people as possible. So he's gotten, he's gotten the evil power. Right. Yeah. Well, and plus, uh, you know, Murtok is not there to lead the people. And so... No, I mean, all he's, he's there doing, to kill as many as he possibly can. He's there to serve Galvatorix, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's definitely... It's like teaching someone, like, how to how to swing a bat and, and hit a ball off the, off the tee, right? Right. But they don't know how to... They don't know how to hit a moving ball. And that's, like, the training... That's the difference in the training, like... Like Aragon can't hit the moving ball yet, uh, so so Murtog has the advantage at first, but when Aragon reaches that level, he's going to be so much higher in his understanding of of everything. We hope we haven't uh, read that far yet, right. David. Well, I mean, I love nah. your baseball analogy <laughs> because I'll tell you what, Don Mattingly, New York uh, Yankees, hit one thousand balls off the tee every day wow to practice and at least that's what i was told and he was also one of the best hitters in the major leagues 
So eventually Aragon is going to become <laughs> a, re a real superior wielder of magic. Yeah, there you because, go. Because of the practice that he has to put in. Yeah, but, so you, know, he'll, he'll, you know, and we know he's going to prevail. Yeah. I mean, what the heck? Yeah, I mean, you don't write the series unless you're like dystopian where everyone dies in the end. <laughs> it's but. not. It's not about the ending of the story. It's about the journey. That's right. Back. That's right. You know, we talk about significant deaths. We can't do that without talking about the twins' death. And never have been so happy to see Roy <laughs> wield his hammer in the way he did when their decimation came. Because I've hated the twins from book one. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I to find out, I mean, I never suspected they were dead. I never felt like they were I never dead. felt like Murtaugh was dead. Yeah. My son was convinced, but I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, he's not. Yeah. And he then, but then they come back, and I love the way they're taken out by Roran, sneaking yeah. up behind them. Where they're, like, A non-magic so user coming up and just... <laughs> and how they're connected. Like, he whacks one, and the other one's like, down for, down for the count. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we never had a body, so there, there, we couldn't assume that he exactly. was not going to come back in some way. Right. But we did have bloody, bloody clothes. Bloody <laughs> clothes. <laughs> That's right. Okay, Naswada. Let's talk about Naswada then. Takes over for her father, and I love how Aragon tricks the council in his fealtios. Uh huh. Uh -huh. And um, ends up working out for him, at least as far as we can tell so far. Yeah, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I still feel like he swears himself to people too quickly, no. but, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it worked out definitely for him, and the, and she turns out to be a quite competent leader. Absolutely. I mean, a, a good successor. You find out that he, not like it was totally fake, but she was almost playing the innocent, uh, daughter of the leader type oh, thing. Oh, absolutely. We're yeah. here behind behind doors. Her father and her were planning, like... You're planning this Her thing. ascension, if it needed to happen, and what to do, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, his fealtios, he does swear quickly, but it does put him in league with all the others... Um, all the other uh, races. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, I mean, it's not like he's... You know, he puts him fealty to the to the dwarves, fealty to the elves, fealty to the humans, and that's uh, puts him like not one race owns him, yeah. in a sense. So I hear you, but at the yeah. same time, yeah. yeah. But it, uh, one of the interesting things about uh, Aswada is she gets Elva in her clan. Oh yes, to work with her, and this is the girl, and we talked about it slightly, but the girl that. Aragon blessed in the first book. We learned that his pronunciation of the words was incorrect. Was incorrect. His understanding what he thought he was saying was different than what he said. He and mispronounced one word. Yeah, and it was it was a a matter of adding I think an O to yeah. The it was end like a syllable. Word. He was missing a syllable yeah. in the word. It was Holy the right moly. word, but a syllable, and this. Elva was screwed. Yeah. Leviosa, not Leviosa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly from Harry Potter. Yeah. Right. So, wow. I mean, and when they meet later on, she understands that and right. has accepted the curse. But there is, Aragon has promised to remove it. Doesn't she say that she understands because the curse forces her to understand. Right. Yeah. 
And the interesting thing about the curse is she's she can sense when danger is coming, and then is also compelled to to save people, right? Even if it hurts her, so it doesn't matter who they are, right? She's compelled to save people, and she's also able to um, say what people need to hear to calm them. Yes, and so she's this like the magic in order to so that she could do things. The magic made her grow up. Yeah, so she's she has this accelerated growth that's yeah. happening to her. She's, mm. She looks like a toddler, but she speaks like an adult. Yeah. And she's a Harkonnen. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of, of, of Paul's, yeah, Paul's sister, right? Alia was like, oh, here we have another Alia, right? She's, way to go, Polina, borrowing from the Dune universe. Here. But no, but, um, but it, well, it, to be fair, let's take that further. Alia is a cursed child. Oh, yeah, Wally. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so you know, uh, you know, it's kind of the cursed child there, and is viewed as being the devil child because of the way she's conceived, and the, the you know, becomes a mother, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and so we have this, not totally unrelated, mm-hmm. as far as characters go. But well, Elva's a great deal of help to Naswada. Yeah, it saves her from being assassinated. But she's yeah. just as she's also super creepy. And, yeah. like, and like a pain to have around. Yeah. Kind of like Alia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, again, <laughs> like Alia. Yeah. Well, what was that what was that character that followed uh Frodo around? Sam? <laughs> it was Sam Gollum? or Gollum? You mean Gollum? Yeah. Schmeagle? Yeah. 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 That that you know, I, I think there's a parallel there, too. Yeah, you know, and what's interesting is, um, you know, he says you never know the role that they play. Like, she's a cursed child, she's creepy, but she's the one that ends up saving. Right, right. You know, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and so, um, and plays into the next books. I don't want to reveal because there's an excellent thing that happens early on in the next book that, that's really um, you and you're reading ahead, man. I am reading. I told you guys I was reading ahead before we started the show here. So, um, but, but but it continues. You know, one of the things I really appreciated about Naswada was her intelligence and her way of yes. solving problems. Mm-hmm. Oh you know, yes. Okay, we we don't have any money, and this uh, this other guy he's not going to loan us any money. He's not going to help us out at all, so to heck with him. We're just going to make some real nice lace and start selling it like crazy, and we'll do it with magic. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot and, about the uh, lace. And undercut the market. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah. hear you. Yeah. And what, what, was the, what was the king's name? Oh, I was just going to look that up. I forget. The king that the he... The king of Serta. Yeah, the king of Serta here. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he he comes back and says, "Hey, what are you doing here? We're losing money." And she said, "Well, would you, uh, would you like us to make lace for you to sell too?" Or <laughs> yeah, I like how how much of a foil he is for her, um, because she's this. I mean, if you want to call her a princess, you know, forced to. Uh, have all go through all these hardships and here he is this prince who's basically had everything he's not like total pushover but he he's kind of had everything handed to him he's never had to really want for anything right 
Uh, well, you know, he comes across as sly uh, to me. I mean, he acts dumb, but he ain't so dumb. Well, he's he's scientifically brilliant. You know, he yeah, studies right. the stars and he has those science labs and stuff. So he's just not he's just not leadership brilliant. Well, I, I say that, but he also I think at one point gives Naswada some great advice, for saying, "Look, the way you deal with this pressure is you make time, a little bit of time each day." For yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I thought that that conversation, when I think of him and the wisdom he has, that is some wisdom that she needs to hear in the midst of this tremendous responsibility. Right. She feels. Right. 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 Um, who else does Nespada's got the, the herbalist with him? Oh, yeah, him? the herbalist. I, I continues so, to like the herbalist. Well, the herbalist is kind of tied into Elva a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, another note about Elva and the magic is we learned that. Even though that was obviously a mistake that Aragon made, even though there's that, magic is unpredictable, and you see that with the crow in the elves. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And, and how the um, the king blessed the crow, I forget what specifically it was, but it was long life or, or what, and as a result, the crow became more intelligent and was able to speak However, it only speaks in riddles. Right. But still predicts the future sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. But it, it doesn't always tell you what you want to hear. Like, it, it doesn't always tell you good things. Right. Was, I think <laughs> That's was, like the herbalist. Right, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. But rather with the herbalist, you've got to ask her. Like, this thing just comes in the room and it's like, bah! Yeah. You know, starts talking. Bomb. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. So. Uh, we didn't mention the queen. Should we talk about the queen of the elves a little bit? Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's sure. not a, I, I don't feel like she's a major character in here, but it does pull us into the uh, the story a little bit. And um, uh, obviously, let me put it this way. She's not, other than being leader of the elves and being Alia's mom, uh, not Alia's, um, Arya. Arya, Arya's mom. See, I'm getting names mixed up here. Um, Arya's mom, we don't get a ton from her. Right. Right. I, I feel like there might be more later. I don't remember. But it's, it's you all that you really get for her You hear that, is... Jim? He's just totally downplaying it. He does remember. <laughs> He's just, like, trying to not give anything I away. I don't remember. But all you really get is, like, a strength of, like, power from her. And she adds a lot of depth to Arya's. Yeah, suddenly we find flight. out, whoa, look, traveling with a queen and yeah. a princess. I didn't know that. Which, that, that whole story, by uh-huh. the way, the whole unrequited love that she is beyond the grasp of Aragon, at times that got a bit much. I'm like, oh, yeah. here we go again. Right. Here we go again. Right. Pining over. All right, let's just get on with the story, all right? I know you're a hormonal teenager, but move on. Yeah. But you've got that whole uh, uh, prophecy hanging over his head, that he'd fall in love with royalty. Yeah. And in, in the back of my head, I'm just like, I'm waiting for the twist for it to be Naswada and not not Arya. Which it could, because she... She's royalty as She well. does mention that. Spe- well, okay. In the third book, that comes into play, at least part. So. Not saying. Mm. Anyway, not just, you know. But, no, I hear I hear that. that, But that part, at times, got a bit ponderous for me. I'm like, oh, seriously? Yeah. Again? Didn't you learn the first time you declared your love? And then, lo, after the uh, 
the blood host thingy, the blood ceremony, and oh, you have to go out there and do it again just because you look like an elf. Every time she opens herself back up to him, he immediately like throws it in her face. Well, sorry, well, so there you go. All right, guys, hold up. Time out. You can't remember being young and stupid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thinking back like when you were in seventh grade, when a girl would say something nice to you or smile at you, it was like, oh, we're going to be married and live happily ever after. Have kids. No, I hear hear that. And I hear that. And probably if anyone, you know, has a right to write it, it's Christopher Polini because he's just a, you know, his late teens when he's writing that. At that time, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, So, I mean... So he certainly understands this, and I think that it's captured probably accurately. Right. But I just got tired of it. Maybe Jim just relates because it's like his love for the loot, just constantly drawing. Yeah, back. he's just yeah. no. The it's loot, because the I teach middle school. <laughs> it's because I teach middle school kids. I teach K twelve. I see uh, them at all their stages of development. That's and true. It, I'll that's tell true. you what: when you get to those early teen years. <laughs> Dilute there are delusional as heck. There's no avoiding it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Maybe he should have written her a note. Do you like me? Yes, no. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. You know. Right back soon. <laughs> yeah, ages of no well, consequence. Well, see what what Aragon, what Aragon needs, is the advice that my dad gave me. <laughs> the first time okay. my heart was broken. Go ahead. You want to hear this? Yes. My yeah, dad said. Son, he said, son, women are like buses. There's one by every two or three minutes. <laughs> well, but I, Aragon isn't getting that message. He no, doesn't have a father. Not. His father was killed by Brahm. So, I mean, we don't get it. He doesn't have a father. His, his mentor killed him. Uh, his, his, his brother is, you know, now serving Galvatorix. He doesn't have the advantage of any elders in his life giving him good advice, so. I think Oramus tried to tell him, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. well and Sephira did, but then Sephira doesn't have any reason to speak. Yeah, to she's all up on. Yeah, we didn't Gilder. talk about Sephira hardly at all. That's but. true. That's crazy. Oh. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, Sephira, she's, yeah. Very, she's very upset because uh, she's not uh, going to be able to have the opportunity or she thinks she's not going to be able to have the opportunity to reproduce. Right. This well, is important to Which her. is huge. That is huge. huge. It's like the last of a race, right? Right. And I get it. Like, a part of me is like... Well, with so few dragons, I could understand. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, later, come on, I mean... I, <laughs> you yeah. should be, as... You should know, he should know, like, how... I mean, I guess he's probably thinking, like, Ari is, like, they've got to focus on... The bigger thing. There are bigger things. Yeah, no. But More than the survival of the race. Considering how the eggs work and how they can sit forever, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. Yeah. Well, any, anything else we want to talk about? We, we discussed, like, all sorts of facets uh, yeah. of this book, and there's a, there's a lot more uh, we could talk about. But um, any other moments, characters, before we move into... Giving our rating of this book, I think I I'm I'm pretty settled. How are you doing, Jim? Um, I can't think of anything else. Nothing else comes to mind. So, okay. 
right. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. You're cool with that? Yeah, I am. Okay. All right, let's move on to our ratings. Okay. Right? Okay. All so right. who's going to rate this first? All right. All right. Let's start it off with Scotty Tuhati himself. Woohoo! Uh, what would you rate this book out of a tenor? Out of a tenor. Um, I'm going to go and give this book a nine a nine a nine out of ten so let's uh let's talk about why that is so um so while i agree with jim that the travel to the elf elf land was ponderous a point and while the teenage angst over the, the elf princess is a bit much at times and has like, reminds me very much of padme and padme moments right um I the, the story was compelling enough that when I got to the end, I'm like, well, we can't stop here. I'm reading on, right? And <laughs> and the, the story of Roran and the reveals at the end made the wait worth it. Because there are some major reveals at the end. Mm-hmm. You see a dragon, but it's not Galatorix. You find out it's like Murtak. Hello, Helm off. Whoa, that battle, that was a revelation. And uh, you have the twins and... I mean, we knew they weren't dead, but the reveal and the wait for the payoff for me was worth it. Right. Um, and so I get when people say that it was slow at points, but the, but there was enough in the story that kept it moving that made this a good book for me. I'm, I'm rating, I'm sticking by the nine. Okay. Not perfect, not perfect, but I liked it. Liked it a lot. I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. Jim? Okay, well, I gave, I'm going to give it a 7.5 and out of 10 because, um, well, I'm, de- I'm deducting for two reasons. First of all, too many words without vowels. <laughs> See, if you'd have listened to the book, you'd have rated it differently. Just say it. Go ahead. Blah, 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 blah. I don't have time to listen to books. Um, <laughs> on those bike rides you go on. Uh, I'm along with my daughter. I got to listen to her jabber. Nah, but, uh, that's important. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I thought I thought the readability of it was was just it was a, a little bit clunky for me, just me. And then uh, the long drawn out trip that Aragon took to get to uh, to to where he was headed to get his training. Uh, just just kind of made it a little too ponderous at that point. So 7.5. Okay. All right. All right. I'm actually going to rate it a 7.5 as well. And my reasonings are, are similar to, to Jim's. I, I like this book for a lot more the second time around. Um, however, I the door, until they leave the dwarves, like... I, there were points where I was almost like my mind was wandering. The dwarf stuff just is not as interesting as any of the other races to me. And I think it's because, whereas with elves, from story to story, from writer to writer, they change pretty drastically, generally dwarves are relatively the same. Yeah. Miners, stones, like everything comes from the earth, uh, build, you know, the, you know these things under the 
the mountains. I think the most inter- interesting thing about the doors was when they revealed that they used to live above ground until they retreated right. under because of Galbatorix and they were kind of taking back some of the areas. So I'm going to give it a 7.5. I, I, I don't think, I think people give this book too much of a hard trouble. I, I do, I, I do enjoy it. I think it's very important, especially for the later books. Um, but uh, it's not as good as uh, the first one or the later ones. Mm. So no, absolutely, I hear you. Yeah, you know, you're talking about the dwarves. You know, I think it would have made a difference if we'd had John Rice Davies playing. You know, <laughs> you know one of the uh, one of the orcs. You know? Yeah, I think that would that that was the missing key. It was. It was. It was. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. Uh, that brings our full rating to. I can't see it right here, but it's. Anyways, we will give you our fuel rate, our full rating in just a moment. Yeah. So uh, I'm just eight. wondering. We're solid eight. I'm We're just wondering eight. if we shouldn't take advice from uh, Wayne Henderson and Troy Heinrichs. Yep. Who say you shouldn't do math on a podcast? Yeah. Uh, well, as an English teacher, I'm prone to agree with that. Well, the um, <laughs> I expected the site to tell me because I entered the info, <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't tell me. So anything. instead, he had to do math. Had he to had do to do math. do math. Yeah. yeah. So but, so anyway. uh, so that's a rating. So I'm okay with that rating. Yeah, I, I think it's good. Good rating. I think it's good. Um, I think the next thing we need to talk about is what book we're reading next. What month. book we're reading next? Now, for those who are in the know. We have right. a poll on our website. You go right. to our website, click on the Decide What We Read link. And as of today, as of this moment when we began recording the podcast. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna refresh it one right more time now, just to make sure that we're good. Well, I thought that we're decided either way. Yeah, I think we're good. Um, and even if it changes, I think we uh, Yeah. So okay. We had the Sword of Shannara by yep. Terry Brooks. That's right. Had twenty four point thirty two votes. Uh, 24.32% of the votes. Okay. And then in second place, Fahrenheit 451 with 35.14% of the votes. Got it. And the winner for next month is Brissinger, the third book in the Aragon Inheritance Cycle at 40.54%. Yeah. So uh, looks like it got one more vote since the last time we looked at it. Yep. So very cool. So our next book will be Brissinger. Um, so continuing the third book in the Aragon series. Yep, yep. But uh, that doesn't mean, that means we need the new votes for next time. And uh, that brings us to our suggestions. Scott, what do you want to be on the poll for next next time? Well, I think, uh, so the, the, if we're going to do Bressner, right? Right. Then we have to do the fourth book because there's no way that I'm going to sit through three books and not read the end. <laughs> Come yeah, on. So that's inher- true. Inheritance has to be there. And so... All of you Orbital Sword listeners, if you are wise, <laughs> you would vote for Inheritance. So just saying. Okay, so Inheritance by Christopher Paparazzi. Oh, yeah, yeah, Paparazzi. Pellini. 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 Ah, ah. Jim, what is your vote for the poll? Well, I, I thought about this, and I originally thought I would throw Fahrenheit 451 back in the mix for this next time, but I think I'll set that one aside for... A little while and bring it back later and maybe in a couple of months it got a lot of votes um, it did so. it did yep. well yeah if david hadn't stuffed the ballot box i'd have probably oh. 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 
I was the last but, one of uh, the three of us to beg for votes. I'll have you know. Yeah, I can. Ju- I can. <laughs> I was see the first. Was be- da- David was back behind uh, bushes, and he'd pop up and go, "Hey, girl, vote for this." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. But um, uh, I thought we. W- I would uh, pull up another uh, classic, probably one of one of uh, the more popular books from this author Tau Zero by Paul Anderson. Okay. Yep, Tau yeah, Zero. I've, I've never read it. I've never read it. Uh coming up for me and since inheritance is already on here, I'm going to vote for Leviathan Wakes, the first uh Shoot, what's the name of the the series? Leviathan. Uh, yeah, I, I forget. I I read. By the way, I read the fourth book in the series because I didn't realize it was a, you know, a quintilogy at the time or whatever they call it. Five <laughs> books in the series, and I pick up book four. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And then I realize how we through the referring to events. I look it up and I'm like, oh, this is book four and Sir Leviathan. I'll read Expanse. The, the Expanse, Expanse which there yeah. is a TV series of, and I, my friends have been raving about the books. Yeah. So. By James S. A. Corey. Yep. Um, now, is the Expanse series based on this? Uh, from what I understand, okay, yeah. See, look at that. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know if one hundred percent for sure, but yeah. from what I understand, and we've got a fourth one. We've had people send in suggestions, and at this point, we were just picking out of picking out of a hat. Yeah. So these are our suggestions, which we'll always put in there, but. Always listener suggestions as well. Yeah, and you can send your suggestions, you comment wherever, or email us with the subject line, book suggestion, and uh, then uh, tell, us, tell us what it is. So before but, we reveal that, we got a ton of suggestions. We did. We probably got like 10 or 15 books to read, and we we had to choose one of them. So we didn't choose yours, it's not because we don't want to read it, it's just because we aren't reading it. We don't. Right. We, don't we only get, are putting one in the mix. Here. Right, and uh, we'll come up with a way to to vote which ones of those go up eventually. But uh, the one for this month is Star Wars Thrawn. Yeah. Uh, Timothy Zahn. Zahn. This Zahn. is the new Thrawn novel. There have been a, a lot of other Thrawn novels in the old universe, but in the new universe of Star Wars. This mm-hmm. is the newest novel by Timothy Zahn, and it's just simply called Thrawn. Now, have either of you been reading any of the Star Wars books? Oh, I do. I've, I've read almost all of them. Okay. Jim? Almost all of them. No, I, I have not. I never dipped into the old universe, but I've dipped into the new extended universe, and I've, I've liked the two books I've read so far. So, yep. I read know. most. I read most I, of them. Yeah, so. there are just too darn many books. Well, I mean, there's only <laughs> seven new books. Well, no, there's like twenty in the new timeline. Uh, that includes the six Star Wars books. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Take those it's, off. And there's some Clone Wars stuff. That dealt with the animated series it's in, and also one on Rebels it's in. So, but there's about yeah. there's about uh, fifteen I would say out yeah. there. If you look at yeah, the ones that's not connected to the show and not the movies, it, it, there's only like seven. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. No, there there was I was looking at uh, that and and Star Wars I was or Star Trek I was looking at reading all the Star Trek books and I got I don't know oh, about so many. fifty pages of Star Trek books. Yeah. None of those are canon. Yeah. Well, I these are the, one, read... the newest ones are considered canon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If newest... I had read all those other books before Disney took over, I, I read won't... three. I don't yeah. know. I read. Three I don't know how many of them, them there were. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're not canon anymore. I think I'd have been upset. 
<laughs> I think a lot of people. I was are. upset. I have a bunch of them up in the attic. Doesn't mean they're not yeah, good stories. Reading, reading Star Trek, I already know it's not canon, so I I don't care. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. All right. So that's our that's on our vote, and that that vote will be up if not by the time this podcast is up soon afterwards. Right. Right. So. Right. Uh, so we want to hear what you think of books. Absolutely. We want to hear your thoughts. You can do that. The easiest way to do that is to email us, uh, theorbitalsword at gmail.com. Yes. You can send an audio file or type an email. Or... Right. You can head over to orbitalsword.com. You can comment on this episode. There's even a little slider you can put in your rating. Absolutely. Uh, which we highly encourage. And um, you can hit us on Facebook, facebook.com, Orbital Sword. We're also on Twitter. I believe it's Orbital, Orbital Sword. Sword. Although our Twitter presence is down a yeah, little bit. But yeah. we're, we're, getting, we're still uh, trying to get into the swing of things, I guess, with that. And uh, Patreon, right? Yeah. So patreon.com slash Orbital Sword. If you uh, consider this to be something uh, you'd like to throw a dollar at every month, that we'd be uh, very, very pleased and happy to, to uh, accept that donation. Absolutely. So, uh, once again, for the Orbital Sword, I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Hertzog. Oh, <laughs> and I'm Jim Arrowwood. And join us next time on board the Orbital Sword. I will always see your smile I will always